This is Mana Modules number 15. This is uh, Great Men and Women of the Bible. And uh, 15.1 module is on Rebecca. And Sophia is going to share about that. So I'll just cover the first part of this. But just before we get started, what do we know about Rebecca? Fire away. What do you know about Rebecca? Just off the top of your head. Nobody knows anything. Who is Rebecca? What did she do? What, what was she? Who was she married to? Oh, that don't give too many clues, darling. <laughs> I am trying to find out if anyone knows anything because it's great because I've got a whole lot to say then. <laughs> okay, who was she? Is she New Testament, Old Testament? Old Testament. Thank you, Old Testament. She comes from what book in the Bible? Genesis. Genesis. So she goes right back to the beginning. Who were her rallies? Anybody know? Eliezer. Eliezer was in the story, yep, but he wasn't a relative. But who did Eliezer serve? Abraham. Abraham. Abraham had a son called? Isaac. Isaac was married to? Rebecca. Rebecca! Yay! We're getting there. So here is this Rebecca. There's a great big story to be told in the book of Genesis. She goes through from Genesis chapter 24, where she's introduced, and I'm going to take it from there, and she goes right through to Genesis chapter 49. Um, but today I want to just talk about her. Why? What was her purpose in life? Why did God choose her? You know, it was a divine appointment. God chose her to be Isaac's wife. And how that came about and why she was the chosen one, I just want to think about that as we go through. So if you've got a Bible, I'm going to go through Genesis chapter 1. Get some background on the story. Genesis chapter 24, verse 1, sorry. Genesis 24, verse 1, sorry. Is this the girl that Isaac met in the field? No, that's... In the field? That was Ruth. That was Ruth. Ruth was the one that was out in the field. Yeah. Rebecca? She was the camel's girl. Yes, she rode a camel for a number of weeks. She did an 800 kilometre journey on a camel. And she watered the camel. Good. She watered the camels. That's right. That's how. That was part of what she did that she got recognised for. Yeah, now we're coming up with the story. Anything else to add? Laban. Laban. Who was Laban? Her brother. Her brother. Okay. Laban comes back later on because Jacob is looking for a wife. Remember, he goes to Laban's house. Laban was Rebecca's brother. So who was her father? We'll come across it. His name was Bethel. And Bethel was the son of? Milka. Milka is the mother and Nahor is the father. And Nahor was whose brother? Abraham. Abraham's brother. Okay, so we know the story of Abraham. He left to go to the promised land and he left all of his relatives behind. But Nahor was his brother. And so now Rebecca comes from the brother's side. So let's look at the story in Genesis chapter 24. We'll pick it up from the beginning and then I'll stop here and there as I go through just this one chapter. Okay, just, just before chapter 24 starts in chapter 23, his mother dies. Who was, who was um, Isaac's mother? 
Sarah. Okay, good. Sarah has passed away. She's gone. Abraham, still living, and he has remarried. But we pick up the story three years after Sarah's death. So Abraham was now old and well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant of his house, who was Eliezer, the one charge um, servant of his house, where am I? Verse 2, I can't, he said to the servant, okay, the one charged of all that he had, put your hand under my thigh, I want you to swear to the Lord, the, uh, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my sons from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Now there's a bit of tradition, a bit of custom going there. These days we would sign a contract, but in those days they put the hand under the thigh of the person that they are making the agreement with. So there's a little bit of culture that goes on there. But Abraham did not want a Canaanite woman for his son's wife. Right. Any reason why? Because seed of Okay. They were they they never worshipped the same God. In other words, they were uh, they didn't believe in Jehovah. Jehovah was the God of Abraham. Jehovah was the God of Nahor, and he was somewhere else. But the people in Canaan were not Jehovah followers. And so Abraham and Sarah did not want, and Sarah did not want Isaac to marry a pagan girl. Okay? So he was being choosy here. Now the servant asked him, what if the woman is unwilling to come back with me to this land? Shall I then take your son back to the country where you, uh, you came from? Make sure that you do not take my son back there, Abraham said. The Lord, the God of heaven, who brought, uh, um, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, and who spoke to me and promised me on oath, saying, to your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to come back with you, then you will be released from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. So the arrangement has been made. Eliezer has been charged to go and find someone for Isaac. The servant then took... Ten of his master's camels and left, taking him all kinds of good things from his master, taking with him all kinds of th- good things from his master. He set out for Aram Naharaham and made his way to the town of Nahor. Here comes up the name Nahor. He made the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. It was towards evening, the time that the women were going out. To water, uh, to draw water. Now, in those days, the well was always outside of the town, and it could be up to a mile or a kilometre of walking, a kilometre and a half, to go and get water. Water is quite heavy, but it was the task of the women to go and get the water. They usually went to get it morning and evening. All right. So here, the distance that that Eliezer, the, the servant, had travelled from where Abraham was to where Nahor is was something like eight hundred kilometres. Did a bit of research just to find out how far it was. It takes about three weeks on the back of a camel. So it was quite a ride to get there. And all of a sudden, he's there. 
So then he prays. Here's Eliezer. He's where he's supposed to be. Oh, Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. See, I am standing beside the spring and the daughters of the townspeople are coming out to draw water. May it be that when I say to a girl, please let me let down your jar that I may have a drink, and she says, drink, and I'll water your camels too, let her be the one you have chosen for your servant Isaac. Mm -hmm. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Now remember, he was charged to get someone from Abraham's family, relatives. So he didn't know. He's in the town. He's in the right place where the village is. But he's waiting and he's looking for people and he doesn't know. But he's asking God. The first thing, he's asking God two things. Let her give me a drink and then let her offer to give my camels water. Now we all know camels drink a lot. And he had ten of them with him. So it was a sizable job that he was asking. And I don't know how many people volunteer for work like that. But we'll see. Verse 15, before he had finished praying, first time her name gets mentioned, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, who was the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor. So Nahor was her grandfather. The girl was very beautiful, a virgin. No man had ever lain with her. She went down to the spring, filled her jar, and came up again. Now, anyone knows, if I can just pick up alongside the scripture, we'll just, we've just picked up a few things here. But in verse 16, the first point, Rebecca was beautiful. Okay, and we look at beauty in lots of ways. It can be a physical thing, but you know, it's physical, it doesn't never last, it doesn't stay. To have real beauty, it comes from within. You know, people look, you get to know someone and you know who is beautiful. So in the notes here, the first thing, she was above average looking, she was striking, and she carried herself well. She was noticeable. But beauty is not just skin deep, it comes from deep within. She was beautiful on the inside, as we shall see. She, this, is, this radiated from within her. So here we have a vivacious, beautiful young lady, innocent, no, she was a virgin. She had no relationship. So she had a spring in her step. She carried herself well. She was noticeable. So that's the first thing about her. She had a zing for life. She had enthusiasm. She, she had some things that made you look at her twice. All right? So that was the first thing. The second thing, she was also a person with great moral um, upstanding thing. It says here, she was moral, upright, had made right decisions. She'd been able to say no. She was about in her late teens, early 20, maybe 20-ish, around 20 when she married. So it was around that sort of a time. So she'd had opportunity to, but she had stayed right. She kept a good relationship with God and she kept high moral principles. Next thing. So we go back to the scripture. The servant hurried to meet her and said, Please give me a little water from your jar. Drink, my lord, she said, and quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. Well, that was a pretty good response. 
I mean, the next thing here, she was in the right place at the right time. That I mean, she could have come later on, or she could have been grumpy or something. But it says here, she was in the right place at the right time. Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milka, they had a son, Bethuel. Rebecca was, um, we've gone through that. She came from the right family, so she was a child of God. Bethuel had said that morning to Rebecca to go get the water from the well. She could have responded by saying, no. Not me again, Dad. Send someone else. I did it the other day. Somebody else's turn today. She could have. <laughs> Absolutely. She could have said, I'm too tired. I'm too hot. The water's too heavy. I hate getting the water. But she kept a really good attitude about it. So the next thing, so she's right. So that in her attitude, she's got a great attitude here. But in verse 18, I'll pick that up in a minute. Verse 18, drink, my Lord, she said, and quickly load um, the jar to her hand and gave him a drink. Now, sure, have a drink was her response when asked, not something like rack off or get your own water. I'll draw water for all your cap. She could have. She could have had a really bad attitude. But the first thing I can learn is at any point to keep a good attitude. At any point. You know, I looked at this and I thought, this was a young lady. Most of us in here, we're sort of, we're not just starting. But, you know, I still need, because God can still use me, I still need to keep a really good attitude, you know? And I do need to go the extra mile, as she says in her next sentence. In verse 19, after she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. Now, we know camels drink a lot, And it's been quite a long journey. 800 kilometres is is a decent journey for a camel. So they would have been quite thirsty. So it would have taken her some time. And, you know, she kept going and she kept going and she kept going until all the camels were well watered, not half watered. She did the job properly and she did it. Um, And so she quickly emptied her jar into the trough, ran back to the well to draw more water, and drew enough for all his camels. Without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. God, this servant had asked for two things. If I ask the girl for water, she's going to give me a drink. And she's going to offer to, drink, to water all my camels. Here's this one lady, young lady, 20 years old, fulfilling both those things. So here, the servant must think, I'm on a right thing here. He still doesn't know what family she belongs to. He's just been watching her. Okay? But he's starting to get excited. I just want to go back into the notes here. By watering his camels or offering to water all the camels, Rebecca showed that she had a great servant heart. God loves a person who is willing to serve. It's, there's a willingness that's attached to it. And this, this was a daunting task, 10 camels, a lot of water, a big job, and she took it on willingly and joyfully and cheerfully. And he stopped and he watched her. Verse 22, when the camels had finished drinking, the man took out a gold nose ring weighing a becker and two gold bracelets weighing ten shekels. Then he asked, whose daughter are you? 
Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? And in verse 24, she answered him, I'm the daughter of Bethuel, the son that Milcah bore to Nahor. And she added, we have plenty of straw and fodder, as well as room for you to spend the night. Two things. She was absolutely proud of her family. I'm the daughter of so and this, and he's my uncle, and he's my grandfather, whatever. You know, and so she was very enthusiastic and very proud of her family. And not only that, here she is immediately saying, Come, we've got plenty of room for you, we've got food for you, we've got everything you need. So she's showing a lot of hospitality. I mean, all of us can be like this. But here's a 20-year-old girl. She's just being herself. But there's some good things that are starting to show, some good characteristics of her. She's being friendly. She's being hospitable. She's, being, she's serving. She's just finishing the job. She's doing everything. That, and he's just standing there and he's watching her. But when she says who he is, he knows. He's been working with Abraham for years. And he knows Abraham had a brother called Nahor. And he had to go to the relatives. So he's getting excited because she's just told him whose family she belongs to. So this is the one that he, she, he could be looking for. Then the man or the servant, he bowed down and he worshipped the Lord saying, praise be to the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relatives. In other words, he knew he's found the right person. God has led him to this girl. Um, I'll just keep I'll come back to that, to the notes in a minute. In verse 28, the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now, Rebecca had a brother named Laban, and he hurried out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's arm and had heard Rebecca tell what the man said to her, he went out to the man and found him standing by the camel near the spring. Come, you who are blessed by the Lord, he said. Rebecca has testified what's happened. You know, these were the things, and, and this Laban is getting a sense that God is in us. He, this servant has been brought here by God. Something's happening for my sister, and it's God that's driving it. And so Laban is catching on that this man is blessed of God. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man went to the house, and the camels were unloaded. Straw and fodder were brought for the camels, and water for him and his men to wash their feet. Then food was set before him, but he said... I will not eat until I have been told, until I have told you what I have to say. Then he said, then tell us, Laban said. So he said, I am Abraham's servant. The Lord has blessed my master abundantly and he has, willing, he has become wealthy. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, men servants and maid servants, and camels and donkeys. My master's wife, Sarah, has borne him a son in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. And my master made me swear an oath and said, 
You must not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but go to my father's family and to my own clan and get a wife for my son. Then I asked my master, but what if the woman will not come back with me? And he replied, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success, so that you can get a wife for my son from my own clan and from my father's family. Then, when you go to my clan, you will be released from my oath, even if they refuse to give her to you. You will be released from my oath. And when I came to the spring today, I said, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, if you will, please grant success to the journey on which I have come. See, I am standing beside the spring. If a maiden comes out to draw water and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jar. And if she says drink and I'll draw an, um, drink and I'll draw water for your camels too, let her be the one the Lord has chosen for my master's son. And it says, before I finish praying in my heart, Rebecca came out with her jar on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water, and I said, please give me a drink. And she quickly lowered her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I'll water your camels too. So I drank, and she watered the camels too. I asked her, whose daughter are you? And she said, the daughter of Bethuel, the son of Nahor, whom Milcah bought to, um, bore to him. Then I put the ring, and we hear the thing. Let's go a little bit further. Okay, I just want to go a little bit further because the story's repeating itself a little bit. But we'll go back to um, the next morning. Can you see in verse 50, just 54? Then he, the, he and the men were with him and they ate and drank and spent the night there. When they got up the next morning, he said, Send me on my way to my master. But her brother and her mother replied, let the girl remain with us ten days or so, then you may go. But the servant said to them, do not detain me now that the Lord has granted success to my journey. Send me on my way so I may go to my master. Then they said, let's call the girl and ask her about it. So they called Rebecca and asked her, will you go with this man? And she says, I will go. She's, she's, she was given the choice. It was her choice. She wasn't just doing something. You want me to hurry up now? She, she wasn't just doing something. She, she was willing. She didn't know what she was going. She knew it was going to be a long journey. You know, here she is in this home and she'd been around this area. She was going to leave her family, the ones that she loved, the ones that she'd been so proud of. She had to leave them. But there was a sense that this is what God was calling her to do. And her response was, I will go. I will go. God looks for our response. Are we saying, but will I wait or will I go? No, not just yet. My life's not all together. I'm not ready just yet. No, this girl said, I will go. So they sent their sister Rebecca on her way, along with her nurse and Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebecca and said to her, this is her family. Her family are giving her a blessing. And they bless and they pray and they say, Our sister, may you increase to thousands upon thousands. May your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. Then Rebecca and her maids, they got ready and they mounted their camel and went back with the man. So the servant took Rebecca and then left. 
Now Isaac had come from Beer-Lehi, Roy, to, uh, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. This is two or three weeks later. Rebecca also looked up and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is this man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. The introduction of Rebecca's life, her, her ministry, or, or her, her marriage. How did she was chosen by God for a purpose? This is called a bride prepared. If I go point five on your notes here, she was quick and she was diligent. Rebecca had a very happy disposition. She worked quickly and she did things well. She was not afraid of hard work. What else can we pick out from the story? In verse 20, she was not just average. Others looked and they wondered. The Holy Spirit is not looking for average people to do average work. The Holy Spirit is watching. His, the, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro over all the earth. God's eyes are looking all the time to see who can he choose, who can he send. Are we ready? She was a finisher. She finished the job that she was asked to do. She was proud of her family. She recognised her moments. In verse 58, Rebecca realised that the hand of God was in this whole scenario. She was available 100% to do what she knew that God was asking her to do. So she responded and she said, I will go. She was ready and prepared for just such a time. And number 10, she was willing to leave all to fulfill her calling. Mm -hmm. She carried that generational blessing. Her family blessed her as they sent her on her way. I might say here that she never got to see her family again. She left them and she never ever saw them again. Rebecca was willing to endure trouble. Just riding on the camels for three weeks would have been a daunting task. If you've been, it's not the most comfortable of rides, and her and her maids would have found that quite um, difficult. But she endured, and she was willing to travel on a camel. She followed the man of God. In other words, she took the lead. She didn't know where she was going. She was trusting God. The Holy Spirit was leading the way for her. All the time, she just trusted this was what God wanted her to do. Number 14, she finished her journey on the camel, and when she got off, what was really amazing, in the last couple of verses, she saw somebody out in the field, and she asked, she got off the camel, which is a sign of respect, actually, It's a, to, to dismount rather than sit up high and look down on somebody, to dismount and eye to eye was a sign of respect, so it was a respectful thing for her to do, and then once she found out that that was Isaac, she covered her face, which was tradition at that time. And point 15, she was forever respectful. There is no place for bad manners. She acted very wisely in that situation. No place for poor etiquette. We must respect our elders and let others go through the door first. Be polite, show honour and respect where it is due. You know, we can always... It's, we should always respect. It's what Jesus would have done. He respected every person that he came, and we should follow that too. And here we can see and learn from Rebecca to just be very respectful and mindful of people. And the last point there, she became 
the bride of Isaac. And that was the task that God had predestined for her. But she was available. She was in the right place at the right time. And there are just a few things of her character. Ian's going to take the next bit because there's a, a whole lot more to the story um, in, in the second half. There you go. Now the thing is, how often have we missed a God appointment? Because of a lousy attitude. This was the moment for Rebecca. This was God's moment for her. Her life was about to change. God was about to open a door that was unbelievable for her. She hadn't thought about it. She, had, she, she just woke up and, and it was just an ordinary day, but it became an extraordinary day. But if she had had a lousy attitude that day, she said, no, I'm not... I'm not. Blow it, nothing's working out for me, I can't do this, I, no, I'm, I hate going to get water. I'm, no, this is, a, this is not the day the Lord has made, I'm not going to be glad and I'm not going to rejoice in it. I'm going to moan all day and I'm going to be as miserable and I've got, and, and, and she gets down there to the well and here's, here's a God moment and this guy, complete stranger, comes up and says, could you give me a drink of water? No, I can't, you know, get your own water. And in right in that very moment, she misses a God's mm. moment yes. because of a, of, a, of a poor attitude. But Rebecca has this inner beauty. She must have, she, there's something good about her. Otherwise, God has yeah, a servant heart and, a, and a, just a willing heart and just a, a, a nice young woman who's respectful. And, and this is God's... Choosing, she didn't just become like this. Oh, you know, she learned. She submitted herself to a family. She became like this, and you know, and, and the story, of course, um, the allegory, if you like, of course, because Abraham. This is a picture of the bride of Christ being married to Isaac, Jesus. That's the story, and Abraham is father God. He's got a. He, he's got a. He, he's got a son. A special son, the son of promise, a miracle son. And you know, he's born in miraculous ways, and he wants a bride for his son. This is Father God seeking this. And he says, and Eliezer is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And he says to the Holy Spirit, You go and you find a bride in the earth for my son. Bring the church back to me. And so he goes out seeking for the, for the bride. And he's seeking a special person, a special people to, to be united with his son and for eternity. You know, there's something, this is the story. And Isaac is a picture, uh, Rebecca is a picture of the church. And, you know, we, we can miss it. We can miss God moments so, so easily if we're not careful. And then, and then you know, she has to deal with camels. Camels. We're going to have a cup of tea in a minute. We're going to break for a cup of tea in a minute. Camels in the Bible speak of trouble. They are a picture of trouble. And 10 in the Bible, the number 10 in the Bible is always a picture of testing. There were 10 days, 10 days uh, uh, between the res uh, uh, of waiting. They had to wait 10 days before... Uh, the Holy Spirit said, "They had to wait. 
They had to wait. Ten is always a time of testing. You see it in the Bible. It comes up all the time as a time of testing. And uh, so you find that number. So here, here is ten camels. Ten tests. Ten troublemakers. Ten difficulties. And here they are. And she has to ride these things. She has to ride them. Now, we're going to we'll have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and we'll come back to this in a minute because the difficulties that we go through bring us closer to Jesus, our Isaac, if we will learn to ride the camels. Yeah? You like that? Well, go and have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and we'll come back and we'll talk about it for 20 minutes and then that'll be it. This is part two of module 15.1. Camels. So you get the picture. She's got to meet her husband, but she's got to ride the camels. Camels speak to us of trouble in the notes here. They are very uncomfortable to ride. Ten of them speaks of testing, affliction, and trial. Whether or not she would ever see Isaac depended upon how she treated the camels. Her call, her ministry, whether or not God the Holy Spirit chose her, was dependent upon what she would do with these ten camels. Will God choose us for a special task? How will God know whether we are fit for his choosing? What will be determined whether or not we even hear the call of God? It depends on how we treat the camels. In other words, how we will handle trouble. Yes? Has got a whole lot. You know, a lot of us get lost in the trouble. The children of Israel got lost in the wilderness. A 10-day journey turned into 40 years. And, and, and you and I, we've been around long enough to know that we've got lost a few times. We could have got there a whole lot quicker than, than we did if we just handled the situation better. Yes? And, and, and so it's like that. And verse 61 says, They rode upon the camels. These were the means by which Rebekah would be drawn close to Isaac. Remember, they were Abraham's camels. He sent them. Yes? And the camels were under the direction and control of Eliezer, who's a picture of the Holy Spirit. So they were God's camels. You know, God does sometimes allow trouble to come our way. He doesn't stop us from it. Because in it, we grow. When do we pray best? <laughs> when the boat's sinking. <laughs> when we're in trouble. And, and that... That, and sometimes God allows that to get our attention and to adjust our life, to seek God, why, you know, what, what is happening here? And, uh, but it says there in verse 11, I noticed that we're, again when Sophie was reading through there, it says, um, he had, Eliezer, he had the camels kneel down near the well outside the town. So Eliezer has control of these ten camels, yes? He knows, he's, in, he, he, he's directing this. He's got these ugly, spitting, thirsty camels under them. He says, kneel down. They kneel down. And we've got to trust that the Holy Spirit has our situation under control, yes? It may not look like it's under control, but the Holy Spirit, you know, no temptation comes to us. Without God knowing that and understanding and, and, and those sorts of he knows those things. And so we need to trust him with what comes our way. 
Um, like Rebecca, many Christians have a desire to get closer to Christ. Oh, we sing, oh, for a closer walk with great enthusiasm. Oh, that I might know him. Nearer my God to thee was an old hymn we sing. We sing, nearer my God to thee. And God sends a jolly camel. Say, wait a minute, no, I don't want the camel. I don't want that. I want something else, you see. I, I, you say, I prefer an Aston Martin or a BMW. I do not want a camel to ride. <coughs> Give me an easy ride, Lord. I don't, I don't need this pest. I don't need another camel. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit, get on the camel. Ride the jolly thing. Learn how to control this thing. Learn how to win this. Uh, you know, and so we need it. So let us not pray to the Lord to draw us near, nearer and bring us into a more blessed relationship with our heavenly Isaac. And then when God sends a camel, we shoot it. <laughs> we say, we say, I don't want this. I don't want this. I, I, this is not. I, no, stay here, you know. And we shoot the camel, and we say, Well, I want you. I don't want this in my life. But this may be the very thing that just builds character into our life that is fitting us. Why do you think that God allowed Joseph to be sold as a slave? to get into Potiphar's house, to be thrown into prison and be there for years because God was after the heart of this man. He was training him. He was teaching him how to do things. We're going to touch this on Sunday morning when I'm sharing about salt and light. We'll just touch on that a little bit. But you see, God is at work in these times. God is testing this young man. God is testing Rebecca. So she's like... You know, you see 10 camels, you think, no, I'm, I'm not giving those fellas a drink. If I start on that, no, there's no end to it. Because it's just drink the camels. You know, give, give the camels some drink, you see. Never shoot your camels. One breath we pray for a deeper walk with God, and the next we shout at the camel. Rebecca watered the camels, that is, she accepted them. How we chase away these camels. Never quarrel with a the camel. They are most unreasonable. <laughs> All they want to do is drink. Now, there's a time to rebuke trouble. There's time to stand up. But there are other times when the trouble is allowed by a loving God to help you and I become more like Jesus in the midst of the trial. And, 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 to, trust, and to learn. You, you know, we love the stories about miracles. We love the stories where God did stuff. But let me tell you something. If you want a story about a miracle, miracles are only necessary... When you're in deep trouble, <laughs> yeah? When you can't work it out and God brings you out of it and you say, well, that was a miracle. And God does those things for us and that's where we learn. But we need to understand the lesson of the camels. We need to draw from the reservoirs within, the fountain, the rivers of living water, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We need a bucket of love, forbearance, long-suffering, patience, forgiveness, kindness, understanding, the fruit of the Spirit from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And you say, Lord, and you, and you get into these situations, you say, Lord, I can't handle this. I can't. You, and you, you just got to draw another bucket of water. You just got to draw another bucket of love. You just got another draw out from the wells of the inner reservoirs of the Spirit of God within us, of the love of Jesus, to say, to just keep 
watering, to just keep going. Hallelujah. Because in it all, we are coming closer to God's, uh, to, to, to our Isaac and, and to what God has for us. Camels need a lot of water. Then it says, Rebecca mounted and rode on these camels. They are not easy to ride. Anyone ever tried to ride a camel here? You've ridden a camel. And the, 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 the thing that they tell me, I've never ridden a camel, they tell me, it's like, you know, you've got to have the same momentum as the camel. If you're going backwards and the hump is coming forwards, <laughs> you're, you're in big trouble. You've got to ride with the camel. You, you've got to, <laughs> the secret is to move with the camel's momentum, not to resist it. That momentum is established and you must yield to it. If you resist it, you'll get very sore and probably very sick. Not only that, you'll never ride a camel until you've watered it. Let me tell you some troubles. Here's some scriptures. Who's going to look them up for me, please? I want someone looking up 3419. Who's got that? Thanks, Gary. And I want 2 Corinthians 4.17. Who's got that one? Thanks, Janet. I want 1 Corinthians 10.13. Has anyone got that? So, thank you. Matthew 5.11 and 12. Tiara, thank you. 1 Peter 1.6 and 7. Thanks. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12.7. Can someone get that for me? Can you do that for me? Which one, 2 Corinthians 12.7. Uh, Philippians 4.19, who's got that? I'll get that. And Romans 8.28, who knows Romans 8.28, please, off by heart. Okay, you can have that one as well. Okay, affliction, who's got Psalm 34 and verse 19? Yeah, thank you, mate. The righteous person faces many troubles. Hold on. Yep. Yeah. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Okay, so give it to me again. The righteous person faces many troubles. Yeah. But the Lord comes to the rescue each time. Amen. Just, just, just because we're walking in righteousness does not mean that we don't have trouble. People think, oh, I have trouble. I must be doing something ter terrible wrong. Not necessarily. God is just stretching us. God said, get a saddle on that camel and ride the jolly thing and learn as much as you can from it and believe God. You know, it's a, it's a great thing, you know, when you see people that have gone through, through terrible trouble and they're still praising God. Mm -hmm. And they're still saying, I'm still going to praise God. I don't understand what's going, gonna, going on, but I've got a saddle on this. I'm just going to praise God through it. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. It's a great thing. I remember uh, some years ago there was, there was a young couple and they... Uh, they had been waiting so long for the, for, to have a baby, and they finally got a, a, a baby was born. Oh, it was just, just a great thing, great celebration. And then blow me down, three months later, this baby dies. Just dies. A cot death. Just dies. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I mean, this couple is just devastated. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've waited so long for this little one to be born, and then it's gone. And uh, we had the, we, we we took the funeral and the little casket, you know. Said, well, it's really, really affecting. Mm. And then um, <clears throat> Sunday morning comes along, and, and they're in church. This young couple, and, and I I watched them, and uh, um, and they, they we come to worship God, and they're they're singing, they're just singing that song. 
I don't know who holds the future. What is it? How does it go? But I know who holds my hand. Mm. And they're seeing. And the next minute, I just see them standing there, tears streaming down their faces. But they got their hands up, so just saying, Lord, I trust you. Mm. I trust you. Mm. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, and, 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 and tonight's, that, that, they're riding this camel. Mm. And they've got a saddle on it. And they're just going to praise God in the midst of this trouble. Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. That's the sort of person that God chooses. Amen. Because it builds something into their character, into their life. Yeah. Next one, 2 Corinthians 4.17. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So the trouble, this light affliction, this camel, is working for you. Man, you've been saddled, but you've been saddled sore because you've been riding it for a long time. Say, Lord, man, 800, 800 kilometres, this is, this is some journey. I'm on here, and, you, and, and you're sore. And, and, but this, this camel is working for you. It is bringing you closer and closer to the Lord. Hallelujah. It is working something in your life that in God's wisdom, he knows nothing else can do. Hallelujah. So we just need to saddle the thing. Put a saddle on it and get it and ride the thing. And say, hallelujah, I'll ride you, you blighter, until I'm through, till I finish this, this season in my life. I'm going to ride it. And, and, and I'm going to believe good things. Temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Um, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. What a great scripture. The camel of temptation comes in. And it just keeps coming. And you've got to get a seat. You've got to ride it. You've got to win it. Hallelujah. And you've got to just... Praise God in it because God, no, Jesus was tempted in all things. Mm. And we've got to believe God to take us through these things, hallelujah, and out the other side and believe God. That camel is not going to destroy you, it's going to strengthen you. Hallelujah. And uh, we believe for good things. Persecution, Matthew 5.11. Yeah, 11. Yeah, 11. Persecute you and falsely say, all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. Mm. Well, in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So the camel of persecution, the camel of mocking, the camel that says, why, why do you, you, you Christians, you, you, why, you know, you're pie in the sky, why, why, you know, for goodness sake, you know. And, and we get rubbished for doing the right thing. But God says, hey, rejoice in this. Come on, camel. I'm going to ride you, but I'm going to give thanks to God. I'm just going to keep shining. I'm still going to be salt and light in my, in the, in my sphere of influence. I'm going to be Jesus in this place. Hallelujah. And I'm going to get rubbished, but I say hallelujah anyway. And, and it works for us. And it's a, it's a trial. It's a, it's a camel. Fiery trial, 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. 6 and 7? Yep. Oh, it's, I've just got. Really glad. There is there is a wonderful joy here, even though the going is rough for a while down here. These trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. 
So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honour on the day of his return. That's good. That's a good translation. What translation is that? It's telling you that faith is the substance of all things. Yeah. Living one. Living one. Yeah, good. Yes. So a trial, a camel. Hallelujah. It's there and it's working for us and our faith is being tested and tried and God loves without faith. It is impossible to please God. And so we're there. Thorn in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. To keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to, to, to torment me. And what did he do? He asked the Lord to take it away. The Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, mate. This, this camel, you're going to have to keep riding it for a while. And, and, and he, he, this, this particular demon just caused all, Paul all sorts of trouble. Through, he, had, he was shipwrecked, he got beaten, he was imprisoned, he, was, he, was, he, was, he had trouble galore. And it was this jolly thing that buffeted him. And God said, no, trust me, keep riding the thing. It's doing you good, man. And, and, and so there's a place where we praise God in the middle of it because it doesn't last forever. It doesn't, it's, these things are a season, they come. You know, it says passing through the valley of Baca. We make it a spring of wells, Psalm 87, I think it is. And, and we don't, you don't stop. You pass through these things. You ride the camel, then you get off it. Rebecca did not stay on it for, for, for you know, the, all her life. She, got, she rode it and she got off it. Recession, Philippians 4.19. Who's got that? And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, the, when, it, when our finances start to, to, to struggle, God says, I'll supply you all of your needs. Hallelujah. And, and so we, we, there's probably not one of us in this room that hasn't gone through times where we've been short of the cash. Yeah. And it's not a nice place to be. No. It's not an easy place to be. But hallelujah, God still supplies our needs and, and he's very good at this and we trust him with it. Yeah. Romans 8 to other camels. Romans 8, 28. Sophia. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love and who have been called according to his purpose. So all things work together for good. All camels, hallelujah, under the direction sent by a loving God, allowed by a loving God rather, not just necessarily sent, but allowed by a loving God, hallelujah, they work for our good. The camels bring gifts. They may look ugly, but they are blessings in disguise. They, all they say is more water. Uh, but we need to shout at the camels, you're but a test of my faith. I will water you and I will ride you. Hallelujah. And, and, and that's the way to treat them. It says that when Rebecca saw Isaac, she dismounted from the camel. Praise God. It was her love for Isaac that kept her riding the camels. You know, and it's our love for God that we don't flag it away. We don't say, oh, flag it away. I'm not, I can't. I'm, I'm getting off. I'm getting off the, off the cow. I'm not, I'm not, I can't go through this anymore. No, hang in there. There is blessings ahead. And uh, we trust him with us. Joshua and Caleb said of trouble, they are bread for us when he talked about the enemies. I read this thing in the, in the word for today, um, the other day. If you're expecting, it says this, and I was interested in this. If you're successful and haven't experienced hardship, 
you can be sure someone else has experienced it for you. And if you're experiencing adversity without succeeding, there's a good chance somebody else will succeed because of the price you paid. Either way, there's no achievement without adversity. In other words, you know, we're having a good run. It's because somewhere along the line, we've ridden the camels and got through it. Or someone else has got through it for us. Our mums or our dads or someone else has got a breakthrough for us, has changed their lifestyle and given us a new opportunity. Yeah? Mm. Hallelujah. And it says there, if we're experiencing an adversity, uh, there's a good chance someone else will succeed because of the price you paid. If you will win your battles, there'll be people behind you that will get a better run. Yes? That's true of parents, it's true of grandparents. Uh, you know, we, we, the, the, the blessing of God follows us. Uh, but someone has to win the battles. Someone has to ride the cow. Someone has to get through these things and, and, and to, to, to help us. There it is. All right, well, that'll do. What do you think? The camels. The camels. Don't shoot the camels. Shout hallelujah, I'm going to ride you. And I'm going to draw from the wells of salvation within my life that if you're going to take, you've got, you, I'm going to water you, I'm going to make sure, I'm not going to give in to you, I'm going to learn how to saddle you, I'm going to praise God in the midst of the trouble, I'm going to shout hallelujah all the way uh, on this journey, and I'm going to believe God for, for breakthroughs in my life. Mm-hmm. And, this, and, the, and the season passes, and you get through those things. Uh, but a lousy attitude... Keeps us there. If we refuse, no, not no, blow this. I'm, I'm flagging it away. I didn't come become a Christian to go through all this trouble. Then we miss out on good divine appointments. Um, all right. Well, next week um, we're going to we're going to look at the character of Nehemiah. Yes, Nehemiah. So what I want you to do between now and then is to read the book of Nehemiah. That'll save me reading it when I'm here. That's a big ask, isn't it? No, it's only about eight chapters, eight or nine chapters. It's a good book. If you get, just, just read it. Just pick it up and read it before next Wednesday night, and then we'll um, we'll be able to hook into it and learn some lessons from Nehemiah and why he was uh, why he's included as a great man of God. Um, in, in the Bible. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. It is a living word. It is a good word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for Rebecca. We thank you, Lord, for what a great attitude she displayed. And Lord, what a blessing she received. But Lord, she could have missed it so easy. And Lord, I pray that we'll, we, we, even we read this story again in chapter 24 of Genesis and just let you teach us out of your word. Lord, let us learn all the things that are contained in that beautiful chapter. Lord, we give you thanks. And I pray, Father, that you will help us with the camels, the jolly things that they turn up. And, and Lord, sometimes we've had such a bad attitude about it. But Lord, I pray that we'll shout hallelujah and jump on and ride the jolly things and, and make them do what we want to do, steer them in the right direction. 
and, and Lord, you, you send us trouble to help us to become overcomers mm. in this life. Mm. You stretch us. You want us to grow. Mm. Hallelujah. No muscle has ever grown without stretching and exercise. And Lord, our faith needs that sometimes. And Lord, it's in the good times where we get slack. But Lord, when the pressure comes on, then our faith begins to ride up. Our faith begins to grow. Our faith begins to believe God. Our faith seeks God. We begin to inquire of the Lord. We learn how to praise God no matter what. And Lord, we become stronger and we trust you, Lord. You're our heavenly Abraham. He's the father of our faith and you are our father. And we trust you. We trust the Holy Spirit. Lord, we trust you. Hallelujah. Even if you bring us camels to ride, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you, Lord. And we're going to ride the, the problems that turn up. So we give you thanks, Lord, in anticipation. of Lord, and we know that if we will win these battles, others behind us will find it easier. So, Lord, help us to win these things. Lord, as a church, as we get breakthroughs and we want to see breakthroughs, Father, then, Lord, may we get breakthroughs, hallelujah, so that the people might be blessed and people might get born again of the Spirit of God and come to Christ, Lord, not in just ones or twos, but in a dozen at a time for your honour and for your glory, Lord. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <coughs> Praise hallelujah. Now, I tell you what, I've, I, I've got a, a um, I should have brought them tonight, but I've got a few of these things of Word for Today. Who reads Word for Today? Anybody? A few of us. Great. So I'm going to, I'll have some on the table, on the information table. I've got a couple of dozen there. And I encourage you just if to, to, to just have a quiet time and read, read the Word for Today and uh, it will be a blessing to you. And I'll make those, they'll be on the information table this afternoon. All right. So uh, thank you for coming tonight. God bless you, and we'll see you on Sunday, if not before. <laughs>